Welcome, screensavers. I'm Michael Gallup. I'm Matt Sturdivant. I'm Tyler Sipkis. Together, we host the Silver Screensavers podcast, and it is the continuation of our celebration of 2021 with our first annual Silver Screensaver Awards. We've got several categories to talk about. How it's going to work is each of us is going to give a few nominees each, and then we're each going to give our own winner. So without further ado, our first category is Best Lead Performance. Matt, why don't you start us off? you have any nominees and who's your winner so i um i didn't realize that we were supposed to pick more than one nominee for these no you don't have to my winners uh but that's fine so my winner for best lead performance this one i wasn't quite sure whether to call it a lead performance but then i decided as tyler put it if they can nominate kaluuya and stanfield for not for supporting actor then i can nominate this one for a lead I'm gonna put I put down Jodie Comer for the last duel. I thought she was just phenomenal. I mean, between that and her supporting role in Free Guy, like Jodie Comer just burst right onto the scene. I cannot wait for, to see what else she does. No gripes from me there, Tyler. Who's your winner? Oh, I, I, am I giving nominees or? Yeah, your nominees. Okay, I have a couple nominees. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog was one of them i had sorry i wrote them on a different paper for this one so i also had jody comer on here and then andrew garfield as well and um alana Haim was another one for licorice pizza but my winner this year was will smith for king richard um you touched on it earlier matt you said like it wasn't you, you weren't watching will smith you were watching richard williams and i think that was really good because you know that's not what you get usually out of will smith you don't really see him you see will smith like you said in the role but you know he really he played a different he like he played the character well like i didn't i didn't look like hey will smith's here like on screen you know he fit that character well and i thought he played it incredibly he didn't go out there saying uncle phil (laughs) (laughs) sorry he did not he left he left that for the new show (laughs) um i i think we should have added uh best cast category so I just there were a couple of movies where I'm like, wow, the whole cast is so yeah. amazing. I wish I could. Uh, Mass is one of those movies, a movie we didn't talk about, but all four leads in that are just like, whoa, blowing blowing everybody away. The entire cast of Zola, the entire cast of A Hero, the new Asghar Farhadi movie. But as far as best lead performance, I had quite a few nominees: uh, Tessa Thompson in Passing, Tim Blake Nelson in Old Henry. Rachel Zegler, like when she started to sing in West Side Story, I was like, wow, I just, I've never heard her before. And I was, I was blown away by that. Thomas and McKenzie in the first half hour of last night in Soho. When I was watching that, I was like, wow, I'd be okay if she got an Oscar for the beginning here. And then she's just asked to do some things that were maybe not Oscar worthy. And that was a little disappointing, but I want to give credit where credit's due. Nick Cage and Pig. Jessica Chastain in the Eyes of Tammy Faye, a movie that we did talk about on our long-lost first episode that has never been released, uh, but we talked about it on there. I This movie has gotten uh, some pans. I don't think it's the best movie ever, but I like her performance. She brings a lot of humanity to a character that you know some people find easy to ridicule but she she grounded it in a lot of really deep emotional things so i really liked her in that a lot and then 
very close together. Will Smith was just phenomenal in King Richard. If he gets the Oscar, no gripes from me. But my winner is Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom. I think he is absolutely awesome in it. Best Supporting Performance. Matt, who you got? So I'm going to say Willem Dafoe in like everything he did this year that was supporting. Nightmare Alley. You said he was in the card counter, right? Yep. He was. That two seconds that he was in the French Dispatch, Spider-Man <laughs> No Way Home. Like he, This was the year for Willem Dafoe supporting acting, in my opinion. Tyler, how about you? Uh, I had a couple nominees. I narrowed this one down a bit, but I think my top ones were Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, I don't consider Lakeith Stanfield a, a supporting actor like the Academy does, so I didn't include him. Um, I think Cooper Hoffman uh, really surprised me in um, Licorice Pizza. But I, the winner for me was Cody Smith-McPhee in Power of the Dog. I think he played this, like, you, you really felt like he was this innocent, weak character, only to really turn it on its head at the end. And I thought that was an incredible performance. Yeah. Uh, as predicted, you guys know me, I had quite a few nominees. Vincent Linden and Titan. Sally Hawkins, I mentioned this in A Boy Called Christmas, she's just playing Magneto. She's like taking it so seriously, and it works when she's getting sensitive in the middle of an elf village for very good reason. She's awesome. Ariana DeBose in West Side Story. Ben Affleck in The Last Tool. Come on, guys. Yeah, this enough. was the entertaining too. performance of the year. G- well, give him the Oscar. He- if I had followed directions, he would have made my list. Yeah. Uh, Anjanu <laughs> Ellis in King Richard. She is excellent throughout, but you know what she did is that in the kitchen scene, she perfected the Oscar scene. She perfected it. Like, that is t- custom made for a clip to show at the Oscars, and then she wins it, and everybody is happy. So she was excellent. Brad Cooper in Licorice Pizza. Absolutely. Come on. Come on. What are you guys doing? Come on now. (laughs) He he is incredible. The funniest thing I've seen all year in movies was him. Uh, Gabby Hoffman in Come On, Come On is very good. And Claire Foy in The Electrical Life of Louis Wayne, another movie that we did not mention, another Benedict Cumberbatch movie. Uh, She is really good in that. And maybe a, a slight spoiler when she is not in it as much anymore, the movie really deflates. You guys remember the Claire Foy moment in like 2018? She was in a lot of movies, and I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm going to be seeing her everywhere. And I think now she's in The Crown, but like, I, I want to see her in more movies. I mean, really, whatever makes her happy, but I'm hoping to see more of her. I just want to add to mine, um, every supporting actor in Spider-Man No Way Home, I'll go there. Every single one? Yes. Wizard? Yes. Okay. All right. Fair yeah. enough. I, I, I'll, I'll edit out the pause that it took for me to say yes to that. But. <laughs> no, you got to <laughs> keep it in. I think it's pertinent to the answer. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but my winner for Best Supporting Performance is Ruth Nega in Passing. She has such an energy about it. She plays this character that you never really know who she is. And uh, she just plays into that sense of mystery and keeps you guessing the whole time. And she was awesome. Next category, movie place that we'd most like to visit. So some sort of fictional or I guess based on the real world place that we would actually like to go to. Matt. Place I'd most like to visit from film this year. 
and that is the San Fernando Valley 1973 from Licorice Pizza. It's It just looks like such a good place to run around and have fun, especially running around, because there was a lot of running around in that movie. <laughs> there was. A lot of running up streets, down streets, across fields. If you like to run, definitely go there. I, um, I could stand to lose a few pounds, so that's my choice. But no, but for real, it, it it's a very nostalgic vibe that that movie portrays in just such a different, eclectic time period. And I would love to just spend a day there just exploring and seeing what things look like during that time period and in that area. I mean, there's a chance you could be randomly arrested for a murder that you did not commit. So that's like the <laughs> one the one cost that you have to pay for going there. Yeah, or, um, or Sean Penn tries to cast me in his movie but then he wants me to ride on a motorcycle with him and why are you saying that as though that would be a bad thing <laughs> and not the most thrilling day of your life or or brad cooper could threaten to kill my little my little sibling yes choke him out right in front of you. i think i think the 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 most pressing issue would be you see tom waits and you're like hey nick nolte <laughs> hey it happens man <laughs> Tyler, what is your nominee slash winner? My nominee would be Ennui from the French Dispatch. It seems like a no. town full of a lot of just weird, eclectic characters. I think that'd be interesting just to just to walk around that, meet some people, and just see the f- folks from that city. But um, my winner was uh, the beach outside of Marseille in Stillwater. It's such a serene oh. location off the cliffs um, there. It just looks like a beautiful location just sit there. You know, take a swim. I, I, I think that just like a, a calm, peaceful place like that would be really cool to visit. As long as your daughter isn't in jail for murder. Uh, she was well, I mean, at that point yeah, of, oh, she was still in jail and they had a nice time. So. Oh, yeah, she was still in jail. So, yeah. <laughs> your whole family can be in jail. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't see the movie, so. Yeah. Uh, my couple of nominees, Matt, you mentioned one. Also, the Elf Village from A Boy Called Christmas. Anywhere in House of Gucci. Any location, even the most harrowing parts, I just, I want to be there. Uh, Vista Del Mar from Barb and Star, go to Vista Del Mar. Did you guys see that one? I did not, I missed it. No. no I thought I there it. were, there were like a couple of moments that were really, really funny, and then I didn't really like much of the rest of the movie, but those moments are good. But my winner is Porto Rosso. This is the, the, the town in Luca. Just seems like a really lovely place to be where you can coexist with fish humanoid creatures. You just want to go to Italy, I take it. <laughs> I I mean, is does that even need to be said out loud? Well, no, we, uh, we've reached listeners in Italy now, so if you guys are listening again, uh, welcome. <laughs> Love it. Love it. But what's the, uh, what's the uh, Sopranos meme? Uh, unintelligible Italian. <laughs> All right, let's not let's not do that. Let's not let's not scare away scare them away when we just got them. No. I mean, come on. I I would listen to Patrizia go off about how Maurizio did her wrong if it just meant that I could be there. That would be great. <laughs> An incompetent would, little baby idiot. Yeah, incompetent little. Uh, she could call me that, and I would stay there. And then you just you can stay there, but you just got to be like slay queen. <laughs> I, I'll do it all day long. Stay anywhere there. What, what if you had to be in a room with Paolo Gucci? Oh boy, you really, 
You really just killed the vibe, man. You don't you don't have to be in a room with Paolo Gucci. You have to be in a room with Jared Leto in character. Uh, <laughs> Not breaking character. Oh, refusing. Honestly, you know what? I would I would tell him that his designs are great. If it meant that I could just be there in the backyard in the in the halls. Yeah. But yeah, that way he doesn't pee on your curtain or whatever it was. Yeah, that wasn't interesting choice uh that brings us to our next category which is the best use of the single f word in a pg-13 movie as we all know when a pg-13 movie is usually allowed one maybe two i've seen two f words in them and when you're a screenwriter you really have to use it wisely you can't just be throwing it away on a dumb line and I think we had a universal winner. Mm. Matt, what was it? It is a line from one of the worst movies of last year. <laughs> yeah. And it is probably one of the only redeeming-ish qualities. And that is the line from Venom, Let There Be Carnage, where, spoiler alert, and I don't really care because don't see this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't. will say that first and foremost. Don't, don't even bother watching it. Venom finally defeats Carnage. And he goes, F that guy. Yeah, it, it was it was the best it was, part of the it, movie. And yeah. it wasn't even that good. I will say, <laughs> I have started a document where I'm keeping track of all the PG-13 F-words. So next year for the second annual awards, we'll have a more complete list. Imagine if 355 is the best use. This I, I pray I to God that. not. <laughs> Uh, Dear Evan Hansen had a bad one. It was just like thrown away, like, oh, my parents don't give a F or whatever. And also, uh, Free Guy. I'm pretty sure it was just when Ryan Reynolds is talking to his goldfish and he's like, good F in morning, Goldie. Yeah, I remember that. That was, yeah. Not the best. Do we know the logic behind why they're allowed one? Like, it's a sound. It's, <laughs> it's a sound? Like the, right, so, the, like the F word is a sound. If you're using it once, you've heard it. Like it, it, regardless if you use it once or three times, you know you've heard it. Uh, the the rating system of movies is a conversation for another day, <laughs> but you raise an interesting point. However, it would get rid of the category if they change the rules. So, so I don't know. Uh, fair. I yeah. don't know. Our next category is the most misleading trailer of the year. Matt, what's your nominee slash winner for this? Okay, so so mine is basically another follow-up to our last pick. So mine is Venom, Let There Be Carnage, because it made me think the movie might not suck. And what about it? <laughs> I thought the trailer looked like it was going to be like a watchable, passable experience, and it wasn't. Okay. I thought there was going to be carnage. Yeah, there yeah, was very, very, very misleading... The amount of carnage in that trailer. I thought Woody Harrelson was going to be wearing a different wig, and that was very yeah. disappointing. Just yeah. a sideshow Bob wig again. Yeah. Yeah, and then he, you know, he's just like out there biting people. Yeah, he. That's not blood, though. He knows no. what blood tastes like. Tyler, just just say it. Say I, what I, it I is. Have, Tyler. I have a nominee, though. I do okay. want to just put a nominee, and uh, that's that's Spider-Man: No Way Home. I thought the lizard was just kind of just like getting punched by nothing and it turns out he wasn't so i was very misleading <laughs> spoiler man come on 
<laughs> but but absolutely, I mentioned this on, on the last segment, last episode. <laughs> um, uh, Pig. It, they really made it seem like this revenge thriller. That like he's it's this John Wick copy of a pig instead of a dog, and it really is nothing like that. So the the trailer is absolutely nonsense. That's not what I thought you were gonna say. Oh, yeah, there's I... actually one more. You know what? One more. <laughs> yeah, I do. Say it. Yes, yeah, Lamb. Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent. I forgot about Lamb. Oh my God. Yes, it it's like the the creepy slowdown of uh, <laughs> I can't remember what Beach Boys song they're using. God only knows. God only knows. Yeah, like you you get this sense of dread creeping in that just does not come in the movie at all. No. There's no horror in this movie. I it, the trailer just made it seem much better than the movie was. Yeah, I. Uh... Such an amazing trailer. Such Absolutely. a great use of the, the creepy sheep imagery. No, I'm sorry, but no. That is my winner as well. Uh, nominee, though, Dune. Not really the con, but because, like, how many people knew that this was a part one from the trailer? Fair. Also, like, if you watch the trailer, you're like, oh, Zendaya's in this movie. Yes, that's, that's <laughs> another good point. Absolutely. Yeah, so... I, Lamb, though, very misleading. Yes, I can't believe I forgot about <laughs> Lamb in this category when I have it later. <laughs> Next is our star of the year, the movie MVP, the person in the movie business who had the best year in 2021. Matt, who do you got? I want to put Jodie Comer as a runner-up now that I know we were supposed to name more than one person, and she's an easy one off the top of my head that I probably would have put if I didn't put my number one. My number one, though, my winner is Andrew Garfield. Between killing it in Tick, Tick, Boom and managing to redeem his Spider-Man character in Spider-Man No Way Home. Just, I mean, he's he was also in Eyes of Tammy Faye, right? I didn't see it, but I. Yep. he was in that. Andrew Garfield just having a heck of a year. And if he went, he really, like I said, he deserves all the praise for what he's done this year. Tyler, how about you? So I had a couple runner-ups. I actually, yeah, a couple runners-up. Um, Andrew Garfield was one of them. Um, I also had Jesse Plemons. He had uh, Jungle Cruise, Power of the Dog. He was in Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, and Antlers. So he had a pretty packed year this year. Um, but my winner, sad, sad to say, my winner is Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> and not even I. I don't even think he was the best. I just think he had the best year because he was in Don't Look Up, Dune, and. What was the other movie? French Dispatch. What is it? French Dispatch. Oh, French Dispatch, yes. So he's in three big films this year. So I think he absolutely had the best year, um, even though I, I don't think he's the best actor. I mean, he, he he was in enough to nail that Wonka role, or to land him a role in that Wonka prequel. Yeah, don't even talk about that. Mm. Uh, Matt, you had pretty much my exact lineup. Jodie Comer was very close but Andrew Garfield, all the stuff that you mentioned. And I also just want to mention, you know who's the movie MVP every year? And Matt, you said it before, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe does not always have the flashiest roles, even though he you know, is fully capable of. But like every single year at the end of the year, you're like, oh man, Willem Dafoe was in like nine great movies <laughs> yeah. and he was awesome in every one and he's like, it's always so sneaky about it. This is also the man who was nominated for Best Actor for At Eternity's Gate where he played Vincent Van Gogh and not a single person had ever seen that movie before it was nominated. 
And I don't think many saw it after. I did, and I liked it a lot, but I don't know a single other person who's seen that movie. So, yeah, he's awesome every single year. Next is the best cry of the year, the moment that made you cry the most. Matt, did anything make you cry? You guys might be able to guess where this one's going. Spider-Man No Way Home. The Aunt May death scene, it didn't hit me quite in the quite too hard the first time I we watched it mostly because I was probably distracted by the loud theater we were in but upon the second viewing it really just like it was just such a gut punch of a scene um between that and the ending where he's about to lose all his friends or the friends are all about to lose their memories of him between those two scenes I I can't think of any other point this year when I was tearing up in public watching watching a film so tyler uh mine was uh halloween kills when evil did not die tonight <laughs> 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 no i'd say uh, my scene which i mentioned earlier is the pig scene with the dinner scene um which leads into you know when he breaks down thinking about us the meal he shared with his wife his happiest memory um and then when you learn what happened to the pig um, and you just see Nicolas Cage break down from that. I think that was a really emotional scene that really resonated with me. Yeah, totally. Uh, I had one runner up. This is in Palmer, which I, I keep bringing up and feel ridiculous for. Justin Timberlake makes this speech towards the end of the movie. It totally got me. Uh, underrated dramatic actor, Justin Timberlake. I feel like they gave him a chance for a couple of years and then he went away, but he's great. Yeah, but my winner is the end of Luca. I'm not going to give it away, but totally got emotional at that. It was very, definitely plucked at the heartstrings. And in accordance with that category, we are going to have our memoriam for non-human pals who went too soon this year. I'm talking about three special souls. One is Doodoo from, yeah, Tyler took his hat off. One is Doodoo from No Time to Die. Just really didn't deserve it. Yeah, Matt's porn went out for Doodoo. While you're that was, it, that's true. That's my cry moment yeah. <laughs> when Doodoo passed. You might as well pour it out for the sock monkey in Antlers. That like, Because not only that, but that thing was tortured before it had to go. Just horribly. Absolutely. I don't know what evil mind came up with, with that scene, but it was terrible. And then lastly is Dewey from Finch. Cutest little robot out there. Again, didn't deserve it. Very upsetting. I feel like we didn't bring Finch up enough on our top ten lists. I like Finch a lot. You know, when I when I saw Dewey on there, I was thinking of the Scream <laughs> Oh, oh <laughs> come on, guys. Okay. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Spoilers, yeah, you know what? Spoilers. But that's what I was thinking of. So I was very confused because no. he wasn't this year and why he was with an anime object. Uh, well, our next category, moving on from the sad to the to the confusing, it's our it's our Giuseppe most what the f moment, uh, and this is in honorarium of the Giuseppe story in old, <laughs> which I think is our first inaugural winner. It does have the namesake, but did you guys have any other most WTF moments of the year? Well, between like most, if not everything from old, I also want to give it to 
the majority of the kills in Halloween kills, but just the kills. Well, actually, no, the whole th the, just the enigma that is Halloween kills. Agreed. Can't wait for Halloween ends. Tyler, what I, about you? I I have the the dance scene from Titan, where, <laughs> where she gets up on the fire uh, engine. And just starts erotically dancing on top of it. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the movie to say when it is. It's, yeah. it's absolutely so uncomfortable to watch. Just the reaction of the, the other actors in the scene is incredible. And that, that really got me. Okay. I, I had some runners up. Uh, in Zola, Coleman Domingo, who deserves Best Supporting Actor has this moment where he snaps and switches accent and you have no idea what is going on for a second. The beginning of The Killing of Two Lovers I mentioned and Tyler, the the dance scene is odd. I don't know if it's as WTF as the car scene. Fair enough, that's another. <laughs> I, um, I want to amend mine real quick because I want to be more specific. In Halloween Kills, when Tommy Doyle goes up and um, uh, starts talking on the open mic, about how there was a murder that happened 40 years ago and then his babysitter was murdered and all that stuff. Like, what What are you doing up there? <laughs> Who wants think, to? And then in the aftermath, somebody buys him a beer for it. He's like, oh, good job, man. And, and then he, like, take, doesn't he take the bat that was in that guy's family for decades? <laughs> yes. old, old Huckleberry, yeah. Old Huckleberry. Like, <laughs> they went disrespect it. <laughs> And then no, the doctor who, like, had to go back inside for a stethoscope. Because <laughs> <For a> <laughs> it was his real stethoscope. He needed it for work on Monday or something. Oh, I don't yeah. know. They're... We could go all day with that. All right, next category. The best sequel of the year. Matt, what do you got? Do I need to? I mean, it's my winner, too, so go ahead. Spider-Man No Way Home. Once again. I mean... I can't really think of too many sequels that even came out this year anyway, so... Well, Halloween Kills. Ugh. By far, this is the best one. Yeah. And for the same reasons I've already mentioned like six times on here. Tyler. So I have two runners up for this, but I also agree No Way Home is probably my winner. Suicide Squad, I oh. think, absolutely, completely improved in every way on its uh, on the original. Um, so I think that definitely deserved it. And my, my next one was No Time to Die, which could have been just the Anna de Armas scene I could have went to the movies seen that and that would have been my favorite sequel so you know that's, that, that wins a spot as well yeah Spider-Man is my winner as well but also the Fear Street sequels which I didn't feel much like sequels because they came out a, a week apart but they they count uh 78 and 1666 and I listed some others A Quiet Place Part 2 this is all right this is good. Not the best. Um, Coming to America. Confusing title, but it only really makes sense visually. I thought it was funny. Not anywhere near the original Coming to America. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, we, we talked about that. Maybe you guys know how we feel about that. No thank you. Mm -hmm. Home Sweet Home Alone. <laughs> Wait, are you talking best sequels or just sequels? No, these are just sequels. <laughs> no, 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 no. My my nominees ended a few ago. <laughs> That's your winner, Holmesy. <laughs> no, it's not. That's ugh. And Venom: Let There Be Carnage, which is just the worst sequel, the worst one of the worst movies of the year. Not my least favorite, but very close. You know what? We we need to do more movies like 
Home Sweet Home Alone, though, because that's definitely got the most uh, listens, I think, of all our episodes so far. Uh, we need to do more bad movies, I think. No comment on that. We should do, like, a Razzie-type show. <laughs> yeah, the Razzies will be coming out very soon. Uh, next category, the year's best couple. Matt, who do you got? I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'm going to say Peter Parker and, and uh, MJ from Spider-Man No Oh, Home. I thought you were going to say the oh. Peter Parkers with a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Three Peters. Or to avoid sounding like a broken record, I will also... I would like to highlight... Uh, Gary and Alana from Licorice Pizza, as well as, ugh, never mind. I was gonna make a joke. I was gonna say I was gonna say uh, Carnage gonna and last Shriek. Oh. I was gonna say Carnage and Shriek, but I, I threw up in my mouth a little bit before I said yeah. it. Oh, actually, I got a better one. The um, actually, I this one this one even surpasses Peter Parker and MJ. Um, I forgot the names of their characters, but. Joe Carey and Jodie Comer's characters from Free Guy. Yeah, I can agree with that. Tyler, what about you? Uh, mine, my winner, because I just had one winner here, was uh, George and Rose from Power of the Dog. Um, I, I, they're an actual couple in real life, um, and you could tell they had the chemistry there. Uh, I had a few... I didn't like pick a definite winner for this, Um Margaret, Mark and Margaret in the Map of Tiny Perfect Things has to be up there. Alma and Tom from the German movie I'm Your Man. They were very cute and complicated together. And also Kamala and Salim in Bombay Rose. Uh, I don't have a definite winner. I kind of like them all. So I'm going to spread, spread the love there, as is in the theme of the category. Next is the year's... Oh, I just want to oh, add one. Ahead. Michael Myers and Tommy Doyle. Okay, that was unnecessary. We're moving on. The year's scariest movie. I don't want to hear anything about Halloween for this category. What about um? No, what about uh, Laurie Strode and the Sheriff? No, stop, stop mentioning this movie. What about the daughter of Laurie Strode's daughter? And How about the Michael boyfriend? Myers and the Window? How about that? I think that's the year's bed. They love to look at each other. How about Big Jim and Little? Little John and Big yeah, John. Big John. Little John and Big John. Sorry, I forgot all the romance in Halloween Kills. Please, for the love of God, forgive me. While we're at it, why don't we mention the guy who leaves his wife outside when there's a suspected psychotic killer so he can get his stethoscope. Forgot about that one. Sorry. That's a power couple, right? Yeah. I'm dying. <laughs> All right. Wait. <laughs> Are we done with Halloween kills? Can we move on to the the year? Tommy Doyle and Old Huckleberry. <laughs> yeah, Old Huckleberry. <laughs> All right, I'm ready to move. <laughs> All right, definitely not. Definitely tonight. not uh, the daughter and the boyfriend who <laughs> is a non-character in this one. <sighs> that that bit dies tonight. <laughs> No, no, that's, I have a feeling it'll come up again. Uh, the year's scariest movie, Matt, what do you have? I put Antlers as like yeah. my number one. I'm trying to think of anything else I watched that was like notably scary, but that, that one just takes a cake for me. Yeah, I agree with that. Tyler? I also put Antlers. I was looking back on some of the horror this year, and I think it was kind of weak. Yeah, Malignant um, I probably would have put up as a runner-up maybe, but... 
maybe nobody in Nighthouse. <laughs> but Malignant wasn't even scary though. It was like more like action thriller at a certain point. Yeah. When I first saw the Malignant trailer, I thought it looked really scary, but then that quickly vanished. Yeah, I I like Fear Street. I agree, Tyler. This wasn't the best horror year. Maybe I had to dig a little deeper, and so it's probably my fault. But uh, Fear Street was fun, but not really scary. I told you guys uh, about the stylist again. Not creepy, but not very scary. You can see that ending a mile away. But the scariest movie, the one where I was actually like feeling dread most of the time, was The Humans. I talked about this on another episode about a Thanksgiving. I won't go on about it, but it's just it's these camera movements, these directorial choices make it so like brooding. You're so scared of something happening the whole time. And, you know, it's not a horror movie, but that was the scariest movie to me this year. Uh, next category. I don't know if you guys chose a winner for this, but this is my hobby, the book movie super pair, where it's about a superstar pair of a book and a movie adaptation of it. Either of you guys have a winner? I, I picked one. I didn't read the book, but I know this, okay. w- this was an adaptation. Yep. So I put down The Last Duel for that one. Oh, yeah. Tyler? I was under the impression, because you said so, that we had to have read the book to you know, nominate something for this category, and I can't read. Did so. I say that? <laughs> I don't you did, you did a couple episodes ago, when I, like afterwards, I, oh, I mentioned. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be a tyrant. And I didn't follow directions again, so... I say this as the person who just like went psycho about the romance and Halloween kills. <laughs> Sorry, just, everybody. Just, that's all right. When we see Marry Me later this month and review it, um, just know that at least two of us have read the book as well. Yeah, that's true. Can't, can't wait for that conversation. I literally cannot wait for Marry Me. I'm psyched out of my mind. Um, but I read 11 books that were turned into movies in 2021 varying degrees of quality so i did kind of like a combination to pick a winner for this one a couple of runners up passing you guys remember those who wish me dead i do mm-hmm. uh, the movie or like the people <laughs> oh <laughs> I rem- well i remember tyler perry yeah i was gonna mention tyler i like that movie a lot um it not this that's one of my favorite thriller books i've ever read I could not put it down, but the movie did not quite live up to expectations. Yeah, that movie was so underwhelming for me. I, I like I wanted to like it, but So my winner, which is kind of the best combo of these two things, is the book and movie The White Tiger. This is a Netflix movie. The book is by Aravind Adiga and the movie is directed by Ramin Barani. Um, this is about uh, an Indian man who becomes a driver for a wealthy family and does all sorts of cunning things to try to rise to the top. It's a really excellent movie. I encourage everybody to check it out, and it's a really good book, too. So, And if you're ever looking for book recommendations, I do that as well. We know your real answer is fatherhood. <sighs> so, you know what? I'm just going to remain positive, and I like the movie Fatherhood, and we're going to move on. <laughs> um movie we want to do over of matt what do you have for this i was excited about this one so i put house of gucci on this one mm. i i'm trying to think of any others uh venom let there be carnage then again i don't really want to see that one 
done ever again. Because <laughs> there's no, I don't think there's anything, any do over that would have made that good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, first one that came to mind for me was House of Gucci, because it wasn't a bad movie, but it just could have been better. I agree. I wish they had leaned in more to the ridiculousness of it. It would have been a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Tyler, what about you? So, Matt, you're going to love my answer to this. Free Guy. I genuinely enjoy the premise of it, of like a video game NPC figuring out he's in a, a, a MP, or he figuring out he is an NPC, but I think it could have been done so much better than just a Ryan Reynolds finds out he's Ryan Reynolds movie. <laughs> I mean... I love Ryan Reynolds. I, well, I've I've gone on about how this about this type of thing before. When I am a fan of a formula, I I, I very rarely grow tired. I talked about it with the Scream sequels, you know. Like I, that's just how that's just my taste in things. Like if I like something, I like it. I'm happy to see it in all different applications, even if it is kind of the same but different. And yeah, I I listed quite a few movies for this one i sound like a broken record now but reminiscence uh one of the movies that appeared on hbo max hugh jackman who i just adore more than most human beings love him to pieces um very cool concept very cool production design the story just wasn't really there and i really wanted it to be i was rooting for this movie a lot it just didn't quite get there i would love a do-over of that one um flag day the sean penn film that had a lot of potential didn't really hit it um eternals not that i i don't hate eternals and we do have an episode on that i just like chloe Zhao with these this incredible cast with these unique characters i wanted a little more from it than we got and i'm not again it's not bad i just wanted more from it yeah the do-over on that should have just been cutting it into a series rather than a film I agree with you there. That's a good point. I watched this documentary called The Loneliest Whale, The Search for 52. This is about a whale that sends out a very unique signal that um, apparently isn't perceived by many other whales. So it's considered like the loneliest whale in the world. I don't know if you guys knew this or if I talked about it on the show. I love everything about the ocean and sea life. Like every, I love it so much. And when I heard about this, I'm like, a lonely whale, and it's sending out a call, and people are looking for it, right up my alley. And then the documentary is just not that exciting. The filmmaker, like, puts himself in it too much. Like, he should have just been behind the camera. Like, nothing personal. It's just, like, make this more about the whale, please. Um, I I can't really describe why I was disappointed with this, but I was. Last Night in Soho, Red Rocket, Lamb, and my... Ultimate winner is The Night House. The Rebecca Hall horror movie was expecting so much of it. Like, waited so long for this one, and then, eh. But we can move on. Lamb, I gotta throw on mine, too. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The next one is, we already spoke about it a little bit, but Unintentional Merit, a movie that was really good, entertaining, and enjoyable, but probably not for the reasons that it was intended <laughs> for. And I think we agree our, our winner is old, yeah, yes. 100%, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. The, I, the, oh. No, you go ahead. So I just, like, I, 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 I haven't been to a comedy in a theater that I've laughed that much at. Like, openly, like, laughed, like, couldn't help it. 
So it's just one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, even though it wasn't trying to be. But it genuinely, I laughed out loud many times during that movie. I totally yeah. agree. The the names, just the names of some of the characters and the dialogue, just so goofy. It's mid-sized sedan. <laughs> Giuseppe, um, the fact that the kid, like, ra- go, the whole plot device of, like, the kid going up to each resident of the resort, like, hi, what's your name and occupation? Yeah, just to, just to establish facts about I mean, the I didn't have a problem with that, but... And the coral I, uh, bit, and, like... Yeah, the coral bit was... Uh, still boggles my mind. My my favorite thing about it is how everything is explained through the characters just guessing on the first try what's happening. They're like, oh, it must be because of this. No, yeah, you... Okay. The tube didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, magnet magnetic tubes, right? Yeah. I want to mention one other movie. This was a Netflix uh, supposedly horror movie. It's called Things Heard and Seen. Tyler, you watched like the first. So here's the thing is that from the title, the title Things it. Heard and Seen, that's every movie in the entire world is that you hear things and you see things on a screen. But this is the first movie about them. Yes. Well, here's the thing, is that this is based on a book by Elizabeth Brundage called All Things Cease to Appear, which is an amazing title. I don't know why this was changed. Maybe they couldn't use it for some reason. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but you change it to Things Heard and Seen, and this movie is meant to be scary. I guess it's a little creepy. I'll give it that, but so much of it is ridiculous. Uh, Yeah, we can move on, but... (laughs) Tyler, you couldn't even make it through that one. No, I could not. I could not finish this movie. Alright, so a bit of a twin to one of our other categories. This is movies we want a sequel to. Matt, what do you got? I got malignant. <laughs> I genuinely want to see a malignant sequel. Is Gabriel gonna get out? Gabriel in Paris or something, I don't know. Like <laughs> make it like like one of those cheesy horror movie sequels like make gabriel another like uh you know michael myers or like pinhead or something like you know your the never-ending roster of horror movie monsters just make you know make gabriel into something like that and put him into some like wacky adventure like gabriel in space or something i don't know gabriel bigelow european gigolo <laughs> big gabe big gabe <laughs> Fun Tyler, fact, uh, oh, fun fact, Rob Schneider's an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, like that's, a really, that's not even a surprise. Really, like a really like egregiously bad one. I, yes, I've read about that. Uh, Tyler, on a related note, what movie do you want a sequel to? So this one was tough for me. Um, I'm going to spoil a movie here just on a bit. So if you haven't seen The Night House, go ahead. I want a sequel to The Night House, where it's just Rebecca Hall trying to convince people to help her fight nothing. And this stars <laughs> Abbott and Costello. You're yeah, saying. exactly. Yeah. Nothing's in my house, okay? <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta go get nothing. Yeah, for anybody anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, either go watch The Night House or go just read the summary of The Night House. It'll take you a minute or so, and then you'll know what the ridiculousness is. So it, for me, I didn't. this didn't even click for me until I read the summary after watching it that this was the point they were making. I thought it was just, I didn't realize this was supposed to be like a, a joke kind of thing. Not really a joke, but anyway, yeah, watch the movie. Yeah, go ahead. 
Yeah. But I, I, I settled on, uh, I want to see more Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. So just make a sequel to No Way Home or Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. Spider-Man again. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see a sequel to the Mortal Kombat movie. I know, like, that was pretty critically panned. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah. And now they're, they're like, going to get Johnny Cage or whatever, which is, yeah, hey, so. give me another one of those. I liked it. I, I think like those Wicker that, suits. didn't they? Oh, did they? I hope yeah. so. They really played up the sequel. Uh, I want to see A Quiet Place Part 3. Didn't love Part 2. The beginning of Part 2 was great, uh, but I, I still am in for a Part 3. Antlers, I want a sequel. King Richard, I would want a sequel just to see like the Williams sisters come up in their tennis careers. That would be really cool. Tyler, I know you want a sequel to The Last Duel that would show the actual Last Duel in France. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the actual real Last Duel that happened um, I want a sequel to The Mitchells versus The Machines. This was a Lord and Miller project about a family fighting this monstrous technology. Did either of you guys see this one? No, but I heard a lot of people say it was really good. It was yeah. really good. It's on Netflix. It's, How does it compare to Ron's Gone Wrong? It's better than Ron's Gone Wrong. Although there is no anti-communist propaganda in The Mitchells versus The Machines that I remember. But is this high-end animation? <laughs> yeah, it's it's British high-end, yeah. I forgot about that. So I'd love to see a sequel to that. And then, as you guys mentioned, uh, No Way Home, just because I want the bare-bones Peter Parker fighting somebody in New York, and he's got to fix some personal problems. And he's played by Tobey Maguire. Yeah, it's, let's come on. Let's, well, I, let's I didn't put- listen to our rankings, and that goes without saying. Uh, you know what? I didn't put No Way Home for this one purely because we know that we're getting a sequel for that. It's yeah. It just makes Sony so much money. You know what I want a sequel to? I didn't put Space Jam A New Legacy. I want uh, a third uh, Legacy. What's no. wrong with you? <laughs> unless awful. it's a, unless it's like a CGI'd hologram of Kobe Bryant. We would also have to wait a whole generation for the next best in the world basketball player. No, just have it be a football movie, and you can put Tom Brady. <laughs> well, he's got time now, so yeah. Doing more mattress commercials. Uh, we I wanted to talk a little bit about the. This was a unique year because we had the Warner Brothers HBO deal, where they were doing same day releases on their streaming service and in theaters. And I just wanted to list off the movies for you guys and see if you had a favorite one. Some some varying quality here. We had Judas and the Black Messiah. The Little Things. Did you guys watch The Little Things? Yeah. I didn't. You, it, it, mm. it, you're not missing much. No. That's what I heard. That's why I avoided it. Tom and Jerry, which I heard deals with human conflict for most of the movie. <laughs> um, Godzilla vs. Kong, which I don't really like that much. Mortal Kombat, Those Who Wish Me Dead, The New Conjuring, In the Heights, Space Jam 2, The Suicide Squad, Cry Macho. Did either of you watch Cry Macho? I did not catch Cry Macho. I forgot about Cry Macho. I'm so glad that I didn't watch Cry Macho. Yeah. Do you know what my experience with Clint Eastwood is in the past few years? It's me and my dad going to see it during the day, and there are nine elderly couples in there. <laughs> and was that for the mule? That was for the mule. That was for Richard Jewell. Um, <laughs> if, if this hadn't been such a weird year, it probably would have been for Cry Macho, too. I remember that for Gran Torino. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Reminiscence, Malignant, The Many Saints of Newark, Dune, and The Matrix 4. Also King Richard, which is my favorite. Do you guys have a, a favorite of that? 
So I almost forgot that King Richard was one of them. So that definitely is my new favorite. I also want. I also I wrote down Mortal Kombat because I enjoyed Mortal Kombat, but I'm also glad I didn't pay to see it in a theater because I would have been yeah. disappointed if I if I had paid to see it in a theater. I also want to say No Sudden Move, another one for the same reason. It I enjoyed it. Oh, and I, thought I didn't it was even... fine. Yeah, I forgot but, about that one. But it's not one that I'm like I would I would not have been as pleased with it if I had to go pay go to a movie theater and then watch it in a theater. I think you really hit the nail on the head there. The, these are like great at home yeah. movies. Same with Wonder Woman eighty four, although that was technically twenty twenty. Yeah. It was still one of the first ones they did in, with this format. Tyler, and, do you have... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Tyler can second that last one. you have a favorite? Yeah, 100%. No. <laughs> uh, I, mine was a tie between Suicide Squad and Judas and the Black Messiah. Hmm. Do you guys want to see this model again? Or do you want all theatrical releases? For some, I mean, like, I mean, Suicide Squad, I saw, we saw in the theaters anyway, but... There's some I do want to, like, I'd rather see in the theaters, but, like, for a bunch of these, I would have missed if they weren't streaming at home, like No Sudden Move. Um, so, yeah, I definitely would like if they put some of the lesser-known stuff on there, just to kind of, you could see it from there. Mm-hmm. That, not all of these movies are, like, big cinematic movies. Like No Sudden Move, for example. Like, I don't think yeah. I would have gained much by seeing No Sudden Move in a movie theater versus just watching it on HBO Max, you know? Not like Tom and Jerry, which you would have been like, whoa! <laughs> well, well yeah, okay, so my, my perfect foil, or my foil for that is like Dune, where I feel like Dune had probably everything to gain from being viewed in a theater, regardless of how you feel about the movie itself. Yeah. Versus just watching it on HBO Max. Mm. Or even The Matrix, yeah. although I have I not did not see The Matrix, nor do I have interest in seeing it, but... My reaction to Dune in the theater was probably like, "Wow, this sand is much bigger on this screen," and that was my my <laughs> my difference. Yeah, I I have very mixed feelings. I I would love to read more about this sort of now that we're kind of in the aftermath of that trial year. But I will say to your point is, I wouldn't have seen quite a few of these movies if I had had mm-hmm. to go out to a theater to watch them, which I don't really know how to deal with that in our sort of new system. Uh, of movie watching and theater going well now we have a podcast so we have an excuse to go see movies on a fairly re- on a very regular basis and you know what guys even when i'm going to see a bad movie i'm just like so grateful to be there being able to do it it's great yeah 100 percent. and doing this show with you guys it's awesome yeah uh do you guys mind if we skip one category and then come back do you mind if we do the worst movie of the year now yeah we can do that yeah all right worst movie of the year Matt. Venom, Let There Be Carnage. <laughs> yeah. It, it had to be it. That had to be it. Um, I They just took everything that I disliked about the first Venom movie, and then they doubled it. They made it into this weird, like, almost buddy cop, anti-hero thing with, like, the weird banter between Venom and Eddie the whole time. <laughs> the, like, Michelle Williams just, like, trying to coast through it. Yeah, Michelle Williams is going to be in the new Kelly Reichert movie this year, and I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Woody Harrelson was criminally misused, because Woody, Woody, deserve, Woody is capable and it deserves much better than than whatever that was. Mm. Um, it just it was an hour and a half, and it felt like four hours I was in that theater. Yeah, it was, I, I, 
I agree. Such a slog. We all looked at each other. Yeah. And it just the plot made no sense in a lot of places. Like Eddie Bro- or uh, Tom Hardy still can't do a whatever freaking accent he's trying to do. <laughs> I feel like the they should have named Tom and Jerry Let There Be Tom and Jerry because then we all would have known that there was no Tom and Jerry well, just well, that's as a, there was well, that's no the carnage. They're like there was no there was very little to no carnage in that movie. Yeah. So I, I yeah just there was just so much so many things wrong with that movie it was just a train wreck everyone involved is capable better and deserves better than whatever that was <laughs> you're absolutely right tyler i had a two-way tie for this one venom was a runner-up but this was my two so lamb which we talked about oh because wow I, yeah i was so hyped for lamb i i was like so pumped and i sat there and i'm just like what is going on like then finally something happens and then the credits roll and I'm like, oh, what was it? What? That's the, that's it. And like, even after I was like, yeah, I, I like that movie because you know, I'm like, I'm so hyped for it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I did not. Oh my God. It was just the most boring movie. Like nothing happened in it. And I hate, I usually hate that criticism for movies, but this is legitimately like, that's it. That's a good, it's just a slog of a movie. That I was hyped for it. it advertised as a new breed of horror, and apparently the new breed of horror is uh, the absence of horror. Uh, but you know, just just the one of the one of the worst films I've seen from A twenty four. But uh, my my this might be number one. The the worst experience I've ever had watching a movie this year is Home Sweet Home Alone. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one. Oh, uh, just, just it from, from the memory, top. Actually. If you if you watched my review, you're aware that I think this movie is an affront to God. My opinion hasn't changed. <laughs> this movie is awful in every way. From just the basic concept of it. And the performances are terrible. Don't watch this movie. <laughs> no. I mean, I don't, I don't want to hate on these movies. I'll, I'll, I'll change my award to movies that just weren't for me. Because they are for some people and that's cool. I have a couple. One is I Care A Lot. This is a movie about a woman who, like, schemes her way into being in elder care and basically, like, robs elderly people of their money. And, it like, this movie just annoyed me so much. The script made me so angry. No thank you at all. And it stars people that I like, which is often the worst part. Um, And then my... The movie that did not click with me the most this year was Bliss. was on Amazon Prime. I was like, Owen Wilson, Salma Hayek? Yeah. And then it was just one of the worst things that I have watched for a long time. They just, like, keep adding on the mythos throughout the movie. And they're like, oh, now there's this thing. Oh, and now there's this superpower. And you're like, I don't, I guess you're just adding anything that you want. And it just didn't make much sense. I don't like viciously hate this movie, but I, I don't think it's well executed at all. Can I do a quick PSA here? Yeah. And I'm not a movie writer by any means, so like you, you don't have to, you could take this with a grain of salt. As a movie viewer, if you're gonna create the supernatural thing in your th- uh, movie, can you def- before you write the script just define the rules of it? where you're not adding stuff just oh it can do this and do this like you just said i didn't watch this so i don't know how that goes but just the way you describe it i hate that in movies <laughs> they're just like suddenly oh now i'm capable of doing this yeah yeah star wars did that in the last couple hmm. 
And last but not least, I wanted to end on a positive note. Uh, our best discovery of the year, a movie that maybe you hadn't heard about, that maybe you just stumbled upon, but it really wowed you. Matt, do you have anything? I have one. That I think this is a pretty strong one for me. And that was Bad Trip. It stars Eric Andre, Lil Ral Howery, and Tiffany Haddish. And it's interesting because it's like a blend of scripted comedy and like and hidden camera prank comedy. It, it it's just like it's almost like Bad Grandpa, like how they did Bad Grandpa with the Jackass movie. But I like this one a little bit better because it actually does like stitch somewhat of a like I said it ha- it has a strong enough like buddy comedy plot combined with like some of the most hilarious hidden camera pranks i've seen in a while probably since the last jackass movie and it's it's not for everybody i i know some of it's just like coarse and dumb and i mean well it's it's on brand with eric andre and like how if you've seen the eric andre show you kind of know that he's got this irreverent sort of sort of like bump like craziness but he plays it so well and Lil Ral Howery is a great like supporting actor as his buddy there, and um, it was just a fun watch. I mean, I definitely wouldn't watch this one sober. I'm sure it pays dividends <laughs> to not watch this one sober. Um, but I I didn't really enjoy Bad Trip, and that was just one I kind of stumbled upon on Netflix one day. Mm, Tyler, my answer is beating a dead horse because I've I've talked at length about this movie now, but it's Pig. Um, like I said, I went into this completely blind. I hadn't even heard of it before I went to see it. So, and I, I just it really blew me away with what it was. So, that's my answer. If you want to hear more on that, listen to any of the rest of this episode. <laughs> my discovery of the year, I discovered quite a few, as I mentioned at the top. Um, but this one is really, really excellent, sweetheart, heart touching. This is Cowboys. This is a movie by Anna Kerrigan. It's about a father who is taking his trans son. Uh, they're moving through the wilderness trying to escape their lives and start a new life as, as uh, authorities and old family members are trying to chase them. Sasha Knight as young actor is absolutely incredible. Want to see much more. Jillian Bell, who has shown her dramatic chops so much. Um, go see Britney Runs a Marathon. It was one of my favorite movies of a couple of years ago. And Steve Zahn, who I love in every single thing that he ever does, um, is incredible. This might be, I would have to go through his filmography, but this might be the best that he has ever been. Um, at least dramatically, because he is good in everything. But yeah, Cowboys, go check that out. I believe that's also on Hulu. I have a lot of Hulu picks. Um, so that service is loaded up. We should uh, should get Hulu to sponsor us with all the pick. Yeah, I I agree. I, they got a lot of great stuff on there. Um, well, especially a lot of the searchlight projects go on there now, which is really cool. True. And those are our awards. Those are the first annual Silver Screen Saver Awards. Congratulations to all the winners, nominees. I'm sure we forgot a lot of things that we enjoyed, but that's okay. We got a whole nother year ahead of us. Any final thoughts on the 2021 movie year, fellas? I'd say it was quite a special year, not just because it's the first year that we really dove in and started doing this podcast, but I mean, being the first year, like we said at the top, being the first year back from a pandemic where the movie theaters were closed for a year and a half, it's just such a cathartic feeling to go back, sit in those plushy 
seats, sit back with your popcorn if you got it, soda, whatnot, M&M's, watch that, um, that same M&M commercial for the thousandth time. <laughs> and yeah, but just now they like, have different shoes. <laughs> and just like get the experience back because I just, I was missing it so hard. And I mean, yeah. it wasn't, may not have been the strongest year objectively as far as movies go, but it, I mean, I think it was notable enough and it had plenty of gems. Yeah. I mean, I agree a hundred percent with that. Like I, the first movie I saw after, um, since the pandemic, like closed all the theaters was a quiet place part two with your mic and like just Maria Menounos coming on the screen. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, I I forgot how much I missed just being in the theater, and I I, I love that experience. So that 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 definitely was interesting because you know we've never had anything like that before, where we've been out so long that we couldn't even go see a movie. So just just to be there again, incredible. Yeah, best theater experience. That's a category for next year. Uh, but until then, we want to know what your experience were at the movies this year, what you liked, what you didn't, anything else that you want to share with us, you can write to us at silverscreensaverspod at gmail.com. If you like the show, please, you can really help us out a lot by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at screensaverspod, and our Facebook is silverscreensaverspodcast. Matt, where can you be found online? Find me online at Maddie X Sturds, S-T-U-R-D-Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Tyler. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler Sutkus, S-U-T-K-U-S. And I can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Michael underscore Gallet and on Letterboxd at M Gallet. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to anybody who ever clicks on us and gives it a listen. If you have any suggestions for the show, we definitely take them. And most of all, I'm excited to have a good 2022. So we'll see you then. Take care, everybody. See you. Silver Screen Savers podcast was co-created, written, hosted, and produced by Michael Gallant, Tyler Sukkis, and Matt Sturdivant, with additional editing by Matt Sturdivant, intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay, logo design by Nathan Seidel.